Romans chapter 8. Um, we're going to start with verse 1. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. And then we'll read, uh, I'll read that, and then we'll read uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, I'm reading from the Amplified, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law <clears throat> of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept the sacrifice. I love that. He deprived it of its power uh, over all who accept that sacrifice. So you see like a lot of people who have not accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and they're still under the power of the devil and over the, under the power of their flesh. And you find people with terrible habits and things that, that are despicable to even them, but they have no power to overcome it uh, because they haven't accepted the sacrifice. Verse 4, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by the unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. And just pause for a second. Isn't that amazing? Like when you set your mind on the things of the flesh, uh, your flesh wants to start to gratify those things. So what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, all of a sudden you'll find like you'll have uh, more temptations or more desires along a fleshly line than what you had before if you're listening to it, a bunch of fleshly stuff. So if you're, you know, if you're um, watching a bunch of people that are not married sleeping together and doing a bunch of junk, uh, uh, you know what, you kind of become desensitized. It becomes more normal. And, you know, like if you don't uh, watch TV for a period of time and then you go back and watch TV, you're kind of like appalled. You're like, oh my goodness, what are they putting on television? You know, because it's like a slow, uh, slow, uh, you're slowly being desensitized. And really in our nation, slowly like uh, the spirit of humanity and flesh and like, uh, what do you call that? Secularism without the Lord is trying to rise up and dominate, dominate our nation. Uh, but we're not going to let it. Um, so uh, back in verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue the things which gratify the flesh. So what are you setting your mind on? What are you thinking on? Uh, when you set something like today, hopefully you set your clock. Or if you didn't, you knew in your mind, okay, it's an hour later than what it was yesterday. <clears throat> but when you go, like my alarm clock by my bed is not set, or my, my, just the clock, so I'll have to like set it when I get home. That means it's going to take effort, I'm going to have to think about it, I'm going to like make it a priority, and like, boom, I'll set it there so that I'm not thinking it's, like my wife's phone this morning did not switch over. She has like uh, the latest phone, and I don't. Mine's an old phone. Mine worked. <laughs> Same service, mine worked. Um, uh, so she's going to have to like, figure out why her phone's not working. But she's going to take time and focus and effort like, to, 
to, to set it. Um, so it takes time, focus, and effort to set your mind. You set your mind. It's not automatic. It doesn't just happen. Like, you set your mind. Uh, like Philippians chapter 4 says, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Okay? So if you're having a relationship problem and a difficulty, that's not easy to do. Right? Because you want to think about, why did they treat me that way? Why did they do this? Why are they doing that? Why are they acting like that? What's going on with this? What's going on with that? Because then you're kind of getting on, you're not responding from your spirit, you're responding from your flesh. Relationships is a great uh, area to isolate the voice of your flesh because uh, you're so near to people that uh, that can happen. And you, I think of a romantic dating relationship, or if you're not even dating, but you have like, you're like, oh, the whole room lights up when you walk in the room. You know, it's real easy to not think clearly. <laughs> so when I went to Rama as a student and uh, my first year, I remember it very clearly. Um, I was uh, 22 years old. I think I was 22. And um, I went in, and there were several nice-looking young ladies that I found very attractive. And I remember, I remember which room I was in. I remember where I was standing in the class. And there were about, I don't know, four girls standing together. And I, uh, they caught my attention. And I looked over at them. And I thought, well, I'd like to date one of them. Or I'd like to get to know one of them. And um, just like a witness on the inside. Not an audible voice, just a witness on the inside. Uh, uh, said, you think those girls are, are pretty, don't you? And I thought, well, Yeah. And then the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to watch them for 30 days and then talk to me. Not like, I mean, this is all, it's like the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to my spirit. It's not like audible. It's just like a knowing on the inside. So I had this knowing. And so like some of that stuff, you could almost pass over it if you don't pay attention to it. And you end up doing it. You don't even realize why you're doing it. But really there was, the Lord was speaking to you, witnessing to you. Because I was, I look like, yeah, that's right. You know, like, it's like if you had that thought, but it didn't, I don't know how to explain that. It didn't come here. It came up from the inside. And so uh, it was almost like I had the thought, but it wasn't a thought. It just came from the inside and then hit my head. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I see that. You know, and that's where, uh, you know, I was distinguishing the voice of the Lord. So I did that, and I watched these girls, and it did not take me 30 days. <laughs> And they're all like, I mean, they were pretty girls and seemed nice enough and everything, but they were there to get a man. Like, their priority was not really Bible school. Their priority was how they're looking, what they're doing, and you should be concerned about how you look, yeah. right? Because man looks at the flesh, God looks at the heart, but if you want to reach people, you should be presentable, you should do all that, so I'm not saying that, you know. Don't anybody take off all your makeup and stuff like that, but... Um, <laughs> but I learned... Because the Lord led me. And so sometimes what we think, like, uh, fleshly speaking, like, wow. And were there other pretty girls there? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a Bible school. So there were, there were a lot of, you know, great young men and women there. And um, did those girls love the Lord? Sure. They just probably had their priorities off or whatever. I don't know what was going on with it. But every single one of them um, was off my list. And so then I just kind of... And I wasn't there for, for, I was there for Bible school. 
I had been in a denominational church, and I was like, I don't know, I'm following God. I got out of the military and didn't know where money was coming from, didn't know anything, so I was not there uh, to find a girl, but I thought this would be a great place, you know. <laughs> I was definitely open to the proposition, but it really just, like, slowed me down, and so I said, okay, I'm just not going to, like, do this in my own power. I'm going to follow you, and again, like, uh, you know, you tell people stuff and it sounds like, wow, you're like amazing. You really thought, I didn't think all that through. It was just like an unconscious nudge on the inside, like this is the way you should do it. And so I didn't know any better than to follow that leading. It's God. Right? And so I followed that leading. And as you look in hindsight, you can see so many things where the Lord just led you and protected you and sent you down the right course and direction. And so like, I mean, look at my reward. Right here on the front row. <clears throat> Verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that uh, compromises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forevermore. I love that. It's not just now that you can have peace. Like I wasn't in contention, like trying to like, oh, I could, but I got to find a wife. And, you know, I was just at peace. But that peace is not just now. That peace is forever, forever. And when God gives you his spirit, he brings peace. And that peace and the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible says, he will never take away. He will live with you, with me forever. So uh, we'll never be alone. <clears throat> now, the, uh, verse 7, that is because the mind of the flesh, which uh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law Indeed, it cannot be. So you might think hostile, like, well, it's not like attacking. Well, actually, it just says not submitting to the law of God. Actually, it cannot submit to the law of God. So what the devil would uh, like you to believe and even more act like is like, well, I can, I can think this. I don't have to think like the Bible says. I don't have to act like the Bible says. Everything will be fine. I'll just be a good person, and I'll have a little relationship with the Lord, just enough. But um, it says that, Carnal thoughts and attitudes are actually hostile to God. So uh, let me put that another way. Like, we think in ourselves, like, yeah, I know I'm not as on fire as what I should be. I'm not as connected with the Lord as what I should be, but it's okay. I'm not really doing this or that. It's not necessarily bad. It can actually be uh, good things. But if you start to act on those things and that's all you're acting on the bible says that's hostile to god so you want to like submit to god and come under and do it his way um you know one example i can give is you know like when you're giving to the poor that's a very good thing to do do you know a lot of people give to what's called charity or to the poor so that they can get a pat on the back from other people and hey look at me and look at how awesome i am um but that money benefited the poor people, hopefully, if the charity was a good charity and it didn't use it all for administrative stuff, you know. Um, uh, but, but that's not the way of God, right? Because the God is not elevating you and he's not elevating me. I mean, he will exalt us as we humble ourselves, but it's not like I don't get up here and preach so people will look at me. My greatest prayer, my greatest desire is that Jesus Christ would be glorified and seen. Like, uh, I remember Brother Hagin saying, and I, feel, I, I know exactly how he felt. He's like, I wish I could just disappear. 
Now, he, he, he had much more reason to need that because he was much <laughs> more known, you know, obviously, than what I am. Um, but, uh, you know, you really realize the more you serve in ministry that uh, uh, without him, you're nothing. And uh, in yourself, in your flesh, your natural man, there lies no good thing. But when you're born again and you know, a new creature in Christ, then you're connected with God. So all that goodness that he is, all that nature, that life of his is yours. And it can flow through you. And that's what we're talking about is learning to flow with that instead of uh, after the natural side. Verse 8, so then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God acceptable to him. But you're not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the spirit. Whew, thank you. Yeah. Finally, we got to there. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you, but if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ, is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. That is awesome. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So it's not just like your spirit, man. He's going to actually affect your body. And when he's talking about affecting your body, I love using that scripture for healing. But it's a whole lot more than healing. Because we're talking about here you've got these carnal desires, this carnal uh, nature, so to speak, that's coming. But when you're, when you're not born again, that carnal nature is going to dominate you. When you are born again, that carnal nature is going to try to dominate you. But you have to dominate the carnal nature by your spirit man. And the way you do that, we talked a couple weeks ago, is a, you renew your mind with the word of God. The renewed mind will control the body because your mind actually controls your body. So the unrenewed mind will cause your body to function and to follow the ways of the flesh and the ways of natural human wisdom. But the renewed mind actually causes your body to act and to be like the Word of God. And of course, that affects, affects health in your body. Um, but you know, like um, here in uh, Romans chapter 8 where we're reading, every place that you see the word flesh is actually the Greek word sarx, S-A-R-X. Sarks. And um, I've been looking for this for like months since I was starting this study, and I have not found it until this morning. I finally found it. <laughs> I've been wanting to tell you this for a month. <laughs> so you ever have that? You're like, I read that. Why did I not write down the book or the page or whatever? And um, anyhow, so I found it. So this is uh, from William Barclay, and he's talking about the definition uh, of the word sarks, and I'm going to skip around a little bit here just to give you a taste of what it is. First of all, let us take a look at the word sarks. Literally, it means flesh, and the most cursory reading of Paul's letters will show how often he uses the word and how he uses it in a sense that is all its own. Broadly speaking, he uses it in three different ways. Number one, he uses it quite literally. He speaks of circumcision in the flesh, uh, and, and we all know what that is. That simply means bodily circumcision. Number two, over and over again, he uses it uh, with the phrase uh, kata sarka, which literally means according to the flesh. Most often that phrase means looking at things from the human point of view. So like according to the flesh. But then we see here um, that he uses it uh, in a different way. And it really has its own meaning in the New Testament more than any other place. And so I'm going to skip down. He really means, uh, and this is, Sarks in the passage that we're looking at here. Human nature in all its weakness, its impotence, and its helplessness. 
right? So sometimes we'll see, like, don't live, don't be, and so, okay, I'm a guy, so when I see that, I'm like, you know, you don't lust, don't be sexually impure, all that type of stuff. Most people, like, that's where your mind will go to when you talk about flesh. You're thinking, like, just this uh, uh, very blatant physical sin that you may see, but he's saying it's more of, like, uh, a fleshly nature. He really means human nature in all its weakness, its impotence, and its helplessness. He means human nature in its vulnerability to sin and to temptation, right? So we're talking about if you're living according to the flesh, you're going to be vulnerable to sin. You're going to be vulnerable to temptation um, because you're on that territory. He means that part of man which gives sin its chance and its bridgehead. He means sinful human nature apart from Christ and apart from God, right? So you've got this, and you see the world in this condition, like, no matter how hard they try to live right, they keep failing and failing and failing because there is no power in flesh to live right. Um, he means everything that attaches a man to the world instead of to God. So this flesh is everything that attaches you to the world instead of to God. Um, he is not by any means thinking exclusively of sexual and bodily sins. Um, he is not thinking altogether of what we call fleshly sins. When he gives a list of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it includes bodily and sexual sins, but he also includes idolatry, hatred, wrath, strife, heresies, envy, murder. The flesh to Paul was not a physical thing. Get this. It was a spiritual thing. The flesh was human nature in all its sin and weakness and impotence and frustration. The flesh is all that man is without God and without Christ. So the point I wanted to, uh, us to get in, in reading that was that when you're talking about your flesh, it's a lot more than just your body, right? So you have these desires, but they're not just a desire to eat or desire for sex or something like that. There is desire to elevate yourself. There is desire to deify yourself. There is desire... Um, that's what we're talking about idolatry. There's actually desire in your flesh to have a God that is not Jehovah God. Because the devil's working through that and trying to accomplish that. But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus that we no longer live according to the flesh. If we're Christ's, we live according to the Spirit. And by the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body. The works of the body. Um, so when you look at walking according to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God, we have to realize that it encompasses a lot more uh, than maybe what we have ever realized in that um, it's, I touched on this I think last week a little bit, it's real easy to take and look at yourself after your natural side. In other words, like, that's just my personality. That's just the way I think. That's just the way I am. And allow that to have more dominance than the Spirit of God. So uh, you can take these personality tests and get depressed when you look at the negative sides of your personality. Or you can get puffed up when you look at the positive sides of your personality, right? Uh, but we don't want to know any man after the flesh any longer including ourselves. We have known people after the flesh that way, but we shouldn't know people after the flesh that way anymore. That means when I come to you, I know you're born again. You have something from God, a supply that I need. That means when you come to me, 
you know uh, I have a supply from God for you, okay? So maybe it's easier in like a pastoral relationship, uh, but you realize when you're close to people, uh, they really have something for you too, but it's really, that's where the challenge is to not know them after the flesh, because you want to know them after the flesh because, like, you saw their mistakes. Like, family is the, is the, is the real thing, you know. Uh, your family, a lot of times, will never let you change even though you did change. <laughs> well, I, I, I knew you. I saw you do this. I saw you do that. And they're knowing you after the flesh. And don't be hard on them. I mean, you do the same thing. By, like, default, if you don't pay a lot of attention with your close family or really close friends, you'll... You will inadvertently know them after the flesh. But we're not supposed to know anyone that way any longer, including ourselves. So you might say, yeah, but I keep messing up in this area and I keep doing this. And what is wrong with me? Um, The good news is uh, we have located the problem. And the problem is you're just living out of the wrong part of your being. You're a three-part being, a spirit, soul, and a body. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And what we are to do to live Uh, life, and actually Romans here says to have life. If you live after the flesh, you'll die or you'll have death. You'll experience death. Death is separation from God. So if you look at any area um, of your life and you don't have abundance and increase, you know you're experiencing death in that area. Sickness is called incipient death. That means it's death in its beginning form. So if sickness, we have so many wonderful medicines and uh, cures for minor illnesses, that you don't see a lot of people dying from minor illnesses in the United States. But uh, if those illnesses weren't healed, either through the natural body healing them or the power of God or through human medicine, uh, that running its course will make you dead. Your body will have no longer life in it. And so um, you can look at this with um, uh, overeating. So if you're going to overeat... You can overeat and gain a little weight and gain a little weight, but you know what? Some people get addicted to that. And then, like, I just saw, like, this, uh, was a month ago, this heaviest person in the world, he was like 1,052 pounds or something, passed away over in Europe. Uh, You know, and I'm not saying he didn't have a disease, anything like that, but I'm, you know, just relating, like, you can overeat. I never really had a problem with that. Now that I turn 40, I notice I have to, like, watch the food just a little more, like, what, what I'm intaking and stuff. Um, because it's a lot easier for me to gain weight. I used to try and couldn't. Um, and um, so you can see that with, uh, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, so, but you can see that with people that get tattoos. So they actually get addicted to the pain of getting the tattoo. It's like a, it's a rush. So they'll get a couple tattoos, and then all of a sudden, like you see them, they got more and more, and they're covered more and more and more. And a, a good friend of mine has like a ton of tattoos. And, um, uh, just in talking to him, he said, yeah, he's like, it's a rush. He said, and I had to like make myself stop getting tattoos because it's such a rush. And um, so you see, you can get addicted to any area like that, but we don't want to live to gratify those desires. We want to live to gratify Jesus Christ and the spirit of God. And uh, that's really how you'll have the fullest life. And so that doesn't mean that you can't uh, be an Olympian or any of that. It just means, um, uh, you know, there's a, um, I'll tell a story to tell you what it means. Uh, There was a pastor who was reading uh, the Bible, read the Bible every morning with his kids. And they were reading before, one day before the kids went to school. And the pastor was supposed to have surgery. I think he was supposed to have his tonsils taken out. 
and they're reading and they read in the Bible about King Asa, how he didn't seek to the Lord and he died. And it cut him to the heart, this pastor, as he was reading it. And um, he said, you know what? To his family, I haven't even prayed about this. And he didn't believe in healing. He was a denominational guy that didn't have light on healing. And so he said, let's pray. So they prayed, and when they went in, they said, you don't need your tonsils taken out. You're fine. He was healed. And uh, somebody said, well, uh, what does that mean? And the, the pastor said, I think it means that we should seek God first. <laughs> Real profound, right? So it's not to say, like, you don't go to the doctor. It's like put God first in every area of your life. So it's not to say, I mean, you should, I think believers should be the best athletes, the best leaders, the best politicians, the best business people, of course, the best ministers, um, the best parents. Uh, but you will only be the best if you put God first. Uh, you may like live your whole life and be very uh, successful by natural fleshly standards, meaning you've got lots of money, you've got lots of fame, you've got lots of power but you can be the emptiest person on the inside and actually commit suicide, right? I mean, how many times have you heard of like some of the movie stars or people that are um, very powerful? Even if you look at, unfortunately, you look at the, the 2008 financial crisis, how many financial traders and people, I don't even know, I don't even want to actually look on the internet to see how many people committed suicide, but it seemed like you were hearing about it every couple of weeks, well, they put that before God, right? Because if you'd had God first, it'd be like, yeah, this is devastating to my career and to my portfolio, but God is Lord, I have one in my supply. And even if I don't have all of that, Jesus is Lord, I have a wonderful family, I have wonderful this and a wonderful that. So for all of us, it's to take this, uh, this sarks and put it under and let our spirit man dominate that. And then... Uh, you get illumination from the Spirit of God. Uh, so you can, um, I guess the last example I'll give is, uh, I, I'm all for biblical counseling, and you should do that. Uh, but you know, you can go to counseling uh, for mental issues or just relationship problems, and um, if it's not Bible-based counseling that's taking the Word of God to the situation, I mean, some people go to counseling for 20 years. But you can go and have the Spirit of God in a flash of time, the twinkling of an eye, cut to the heart of that situation and release you. And so we want to do things and live by the Spirit, not after the flesh, because that's actually true life and peace, as Paul goes on to say. Uh, we want full life and peace and abundant life and peace. And um, I think one of the best ways to follow the leading of the Lord and um, to follow, um, uh, not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit, is by being filled with the Spirit. Uh, because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you lose your mind. <laughs> that doesn't mean like your head is cut off or it's not there. But actually what happens is you start unconsciously responding to what the Lord is leading you to do before you even realize what you're doing. Now, I should clarify, when I say filled with the Spirit, uh, we're a Spirit-filled church. So I'm not talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues exclusively. Because uh, you may or may not be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
That's the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. But um, how many have known people that are and do that and live after the flesh? Okay, how many have you been, how many have you been filled with the Spirit like that and lived after the flesh? I have. So Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, don't be drunk on wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And the Greek literally says, be being filled. So I think I used that several months ago where I was flying over Detroit and I looked at the cargo ships and I, then I imagined like you see like when they're uh, at the docks and they're being filled with grain, you've got this flow constantly coming in. So it's not like it comes in and then all of a sudden the ship goes, it stops, comes, goes, comes, goes. Uh, the Bible tells us to always be being filled. So like Brother Hagin would say, have your spiritual antenna up. So you're like connected to the Spirit of God. What, what are you saying? What are you looking for? And uh, one way to stay filled is to, to speak in other tongues. Um, and just be constantly connected to that source. So when I say being filled with the Spirit will enable you to live that, you'll actually walk in love. You'll actually be led by the Spirit a lot easier. Everything's easier filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't have one. Being full of the Holy Spirit. So that you're kind of like, uh, you know, you got like, I don't have one, but uh, pretend it's a $10,000 watch. So you got a $10,000 watch and it breaks. And you're like, <laughs> that broke. <laughs> That's so funny. Why? Because you lose your mind. Uh, and like you're saying, like, why is that not a big deal? Because where's your source from? God. And so your priorities come. But uh, if you're not filled with the Spirit, you can get real frustrated with that real fast. You know? And maybe I've had stuff like that where it's like brand new and you're like, oh, it's broke. No, actually, you didn't, even as much as I read the manual, you didn't read the manual. You're not using it correctly. And so I've gotten all upset about some little thing that was not even a problem. Like I thought it was a problem. And so uh, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're a whole lot easier to live with. You're a lot easier to get along with because it doesn't matter what comes your way because you've got the joy of the Lord. You've tapped into his perspective and his side of things. And um, he gives you the power to go beyond. I like uh, Mark Hankins' father said, um, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, he'll make you look smart. Right? So I've been in so many situations. Actually, I started running camera at Rama. I was usher for the first year because you want to volunteer and get involved. And so I was ushering. And then about 13 months after I was ushering, it came into my heart to run camera. Well, my brother growing up, he always ran the audio system at the church and did all that tech stuff. I never did any of that. I played the piano. Not like you. <laughs> Not to that level. <laughs> um, so... Um, that just wasn't me, and I wasn't like an, an artsy type of person either. I, you know, I'm a tech type of thinker and stuff, but I just was never exposed to that area. And so I went up to, uh, long story short, to the guy that was over it and asked if I could volunteer, and they don't normally take inexperienced people, but they did this time. And so I got to be in, involved with it. And uh, I asked the guy I'm like, that was training me, because I ran the handheld camera, so I'd be in the crowd and get close to all of your faces. So I was not the most liked person. And um, so I said, well, how are you supposed to do this? And he said, be led. And I said, cool. Really, how do you do this? <laughs> and he said, be led. And I, his name was Tim, too. And I said, no, Tim, like, seriously, like, I don't know how to do this. How you? He said, just be led. And I'm like, that was a lot of help. <laughs> so I get this camera on my shoulder, and I go out into the crowd, and it just seemed like I'm supposed to be over here. And so then all of a sudden, uh, you know, in Dad Hagen's meetings and even at the church there, you'd have a lot of demonstration, things happening. So um, I would be in the right place at the right time. 
And then all of a sudden, the minister's up there preaching, and I'm out in the crowd, and I, I don't know. Like I said, you kind of miss it if you didn't pay attention. So I'm kind of like, oh, I think I'm going to go up front now. So I go up front. All of a sudden, the pastor would run off the platform. He'd call a healing line, and people would run up, and I'm right there in position, like already there. And so that's how I learned to run camera. And so my first meeting with Brother Hagen on the road was in Denver, Colorado in 2001 at Maryland Hickey's Church. And uh, I went there, and the director said to me, she's like, you have a real gift. Like, there's guys that have been doing this for 25, 30 years that are not as good as you are. And I didn't say it to her because I guess I didn't comprehend it, but I, I remember thinking, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. Because I would just go, and I'm like, well, okay, I don't know. I just got to keep doing what I know to do because I don't know. So I, I would just follow this, this nudge on the inside and be here or be there or like do the shot like this and stuff like that. And um, so the Holy Spirit literally did train me. And for me, that was awesome because that was way beyond my mind because I was arguing with the guy that was trying to train me. Like, no, dude, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you have to help me. And, um, of course, I went on to be, like, in charge of a bunch of that stuff and producer and, all, and, and, and that. But um, that's just to say, like, the Holy Spirit made me look, maybe not smart, but gifted, you know. And so uh, the Holy Spirit will take you beyond your natural abilities, your natural self. So we want to, like, live on that plane and that area. And I'm a researcher. I could have gone to the Internet and looked up how do you do this, how you hold this. But when you're talking that type of stuff, it's probably like playing the piano. I mean, you can get clinical about playing the piano, and you played all the notes, and you did it in the timing, but there's, it's missing that. Oh, I don't know what that is. What is that? But it's missing it. It's that life, I would call it, or something. It's just, it's just not there. And so um, uh, I don't want to live life without that, whatever that is. <laughs> but it's the, you know, really uh, without an anointing on my life to do what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, you can work anointed, live anointed, whatever you're doing, anointed. And, um, you know, it'll save you lots of money. It'll save you lots of time. And most of all, you'll have peace beyond your understanding. If you'll stand up with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ or you're listening online you don't know Jesus Christ, um, uh, please don't try to like make yourself good enough to come to the Lord. Don't try to uh, clean yourself up uh, because you can't do it. No matter how good you are, even if you're a very self-disciplined person, you cannot be good enough uh, uh, to meet the requirements of the law. Um, but the blood of Jesus annihilates every sin, every problem, every difficulty, every obstacle that you cannot overcome. The blood of Jesus actually takes care of that. Uh, I love that song, Come Just As You Are. So if that's you this morning, uh, slip up your hand, send us an email, info at anchordc.org. Or if you're here this morning and uh, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you'd like to be, um, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you come to him, uh, he will not turn you away. The Bible says, actually, if you're asking uh, for bread, that he won't give you a, a scorpion, scorpion or a serpent. If you're asking for the Holy Spirit, you'll receive the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. 
You may be born again and the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, but you have not ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can be uh, baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit here this morning, or if you've been filled with the Spirit and you need a fresh infilling, uh, you can come down, we'll lay hands on you and um, see you fresh and filled with the Spirit of God. So if that's you, just slip up your hand or come down here. We'd love to pray for you. If you're listening online and that's you, you know what I do uh, uh, is I just ask the Lord uh, to fill me afresh and anew. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, for those online and those that are here, I'm going to pray out loud and uh, just agree in your heart and pray with me and we'll all receive a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God. Paul said, be being filled. So Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus, and I ask you right now for a fresh infilling of your Spirit. And I take it by faith. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.